You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to another episode of Locked On Texans, your daily Texans talk and news update. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman here, and you know you can find the show on all of the major platforms, podcasts and platforms. That's Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, and Spotify. H-Town, what's going on? First of all, let me just say this. Football in Texas, well, they go hand in hand. But the beef between Houston and Dallas, when it comes to football, when it comes to sports, basketball, Rockets, Mavs, baseball, uh, Rangers, Astros, it does not matter. And now with the XFL, we have the Roughnecks and whatever the team down I-45 is, the Houston Roughnecks in the XFL is currently 4-0. And I love it. And I truly, truly love it. And I just want to kind of to give them some love this morning because they deserve it. They deserve it just like you guys deserve a lot of love for checking in, listening to Locked On Texas the way you do. We appreciate your support. Doing a solo show today. And boy, do we have some things to kind of get into. First of all, Laramie Tunsil and his projected deal that is essential and needs to get done as soon as possible, right? And I think this deal is a little bit more important than another deal. Also, that second round, that first second round pick. Last week, I mentioned on Friday's show that the Texans may be able to look around the league. And I, and I looked at the Patriots at a possible a trading destination for Will Fuller's contract and his rights. Maybe that deal would have to get them because I, if they pick up his fifth year option, which I think is already done. Uh, They would have to pay him $10 million, which is why I kind of like this new CBA agreement where, and I mentioned it as well last week, your fifth-year option will be based on your performance and not your uh, the round you were picked in. And I like that idea. I truly do. However, uh, maybe the Texans can look at paying half of that and pairing that second-round pick, pay half of that $10 million, along with trading Will Fuller, to New England to hop up in the draft to get 23rd because we know the Patriots, they will deal that first-round pick. And they like later-round draft picks. Those are where they really hit on. So that could be a idea, not a possibility, just an idea. However, that first pick for the Houston Texans at 57 going into this year's draft is very important. So the question becomes whether or not they go for a defensive end outside linebacker to give that defense an edge rusher uh, presence, or we know that the the realistic, we know that the the possibility of Bradley Roby not returning, that's pretty high. We also know that you know DJ Reader he may not return. That's just the reality of things. So. Whether they, whether they go with a defensive end 
edge rusher or inside defensive lineman or whether or not they look at a cornerback. And they met with a cornerback last week. I'm pretty high on. I think this guy has great ball skills, so we're going to discuss that along with possible uh, edge rushers, defensive linemen all together. So I, I, I really, I'm really interested to see, once we get the show out and you guys listen to it, I'm really interested to see, first of all, where is your mind in regards to the first pick that Texas will have at 57 in the second round? Or whether or not they should look to you know, trade that pick along with a player and possibly move up. That is going to be very interesting to see because they have limited money. That Tunsil deal needs to get done. So they won't have a lot of money uh, to play around with in free agency. And of course, the deal that you made to bring in Tunsil knocked out those first two rounds, the first two, uh, the, the first round of this year and next year. Scouting is important. And the Texans have done a pretty good job with scouting. They got uh, Titus Howard in the first round last year. They got Lonnie Johnson and Max Sharpen. And you guys know how big I am on Max Sharpen in the second round. And we are still awaiting to see the dynamic or impact Cahill Warren at tight end can have for this team as well. So let's just go ahead and get right into it. And I can't wait to discuss the possibility of the second round and what needs to happen uh, with this Laramie Tunsil deal and how that will affect the Houston Texans. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for sticking around for another segment. Uh, First and foremost, before we kind of get into the meat of the show and what we are going to discuss today, can I just give a shout out to the guys at the Combine who are improving their draft stock and more importantly, the big fellas, man. We are moving Cahill Davis at 308 pounds, a defensive lineman. He ran a 4.76. Jabari Zuniga, one, two, three. Jabari Zuniga, a defensive lineman. He ran a 4.64. The bigs are showing out, baby, and I love it. They inspired me. I'm going to post this video on Locked on Texas. I'm going to run a 40 next Sunday. I'm going to see. I'm, I'm a bigger guy. I'm at 304 right now. So I'm going to see if, if I still got it. I am a former high school football player. Not, not too really a good of one. I'm all right. I was decent. But I'm going to run my 40. But I, I really got to shout out the two stars of the NFL Combine this past weekend. Uh, Henry Ruggs, receiver out of Alabama. He ran a blazing Four two eight, and Isaiah Simmons, the linebacker out of Clemson. I mean, listen, this guy destroyed the draft combine. He really did. He ran a four three nine, and simply put on a show at the combine this past weekend. And I love it. I love these guys going out there and competing in the t shirt Olympics. And I, I personally, I think it gets overrated. You know, a lot of these scouts go out there and they look at a lot of things that these players do with no pads on, uh, nobody in front of them, and so on and so forth. But to go out there and increase your draft stock, because, I mean, they're looking at what you can do with nobody in front of you. Isaiah Simmons and Henry Ruggs, Khalil Davis. I mean, this guy's 308 pounds, a defensive lineman, ran a 4.76. 
Jabari Zuniga ran a 4-6-4-40, and I love it. But the Texans, they went out at the combine, you know, and uh, Bill O'Brien was out there uh, along with the rest of the scouting team, and they did a good job in finding a draft prospect. And I kind of want to talk about how the Texans met with Amik Robertson, Robeson rather, from Louisiana Tech. Right now he is um, projected to be the 16th best draft prospect, cornerback prospect in the draft out of La Tech. And this guy is a playmaker. He is a playmaker. Before I kind of get into him a little bit, it's a reason why I brought him up. First and foremost, of course, the Texans met with him. So obviously, and I've, I've given them praise, they do their due diligence on scouting. So obviously they believe in him some way. They talked to him. They met with him. They gave him an official meeting. And you're only allowed 45 of those. They talked to him. And, uh, you know, I, I believe that he is somebody that can improve this team because the likelihood of Jonathan Joseph retiring I mean, if it's not high already, it needs to be super high. I think it's time for Jonathan Joseph. I believe we can all agree that Jonathan Joseph is past his playing time. That doesn't mean he can't stick around in a role. The Texans are good at giving former players jobs and different roles in the organization. I think he can be a huge asset to helping the, the DBs out on this team. But playing-wise, I think it's over for him. Bradley Roby returning. That seems less likely uh, week in and week out. We know that we cut Vernon Hargraves. We released him, did not pick up his uh, 50 option. Was not going to pay him that $10 million. So that's three cornerbacks that the Texans are down. They had the previous year. Cornerback is still a need. We know we talk about the pass rush and how when J.J. Watt went down, the lack of pass rush that we got out of Willie Merciless when Watt was on the field. Merciless numbers were amazing. When Watt went down, he was a shell of his own self. Uh, Jacob Martin had moments, good moments, actually. I believe he finished the year with more sacks than Jadavian Clowney, uh, and he only had limited playing time. So with the limited time, his production was high, but however, the Texans were still getting gashed. Not a good pass rush. But that doesn't stop the fact that a cornerback is needed. You're also going to be, you're in the AFC. Well, you're going to have to play the Chiefs. You're going to have to play the Patriots with, you know, they have their own situation on whether or not Brady will return or not. But you're also going to have to play the Chargers. They are a quarterback away. I think Phillip Rivers was definitely the, the Achilles heel for them last year. Had a good defense. Had good weapons around them. They have Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. There's talent at receiver in this AFC conference across the board. And a cornerback is needed. And a guy like Roberson, he has great ball skills. I did my own tape on him. I, I looked at my own film. I blocked out the noise this past weekend. And he has great ball skills. He is a playmaker. Three career touchdowns, 48 pass breakups, one return kick, 14 interceptions. That is in three years. He's very physical at the line. And he has a good press. Most importantly... There's a knock on Justin Reed. If there's any knock on Justin Reed from year one to year two was just the fact that 
his tackling ability, it kind of, at times it didn't improve. At times it didn't look better than it did the year before. We know Gibson is coming back. He signed that three-year deal worth, what was it, $21.5, $22.5 million. And I think Gibson is here to stay. The knock on Robeson, he is small. He's 5'9", 183 pounds. The reason why I brought up Gibson, the reason why I brought up Reed after I just mentioned how great of a playmaker he is, how great of a tackler he is, I believe Robeson, if the Texans look at bringing him in, can be a Swiss Army knife. Something like what we had the year before with the Honey Badger. Honey Badger just happened to go to a better situation with a better defensive coordinator at the time to put him in constant situations to win. And that's what Roby, Robeson can be. At 5'9", 183 pounds, the league at receiver is trending upwards in, in terms of how big the receivers are. Big, fast, strong. Now, this guy is strong. He has a... Now, this guy is strong. He has a very good press. I mean, a really good press at the line. He's very physical at the line at only being 5'9". But he makes up with his big play. I mean, he really does. His ball skills in the air is tremendous. There's times where he looks like the receiver on the defensive end. And I like that about Robeson. I'm happy the Texans looked at him, had a meeting with him, scheduled a meeting with him, because at 57, if there's a talent on the board that you feel like is a can't-miss prospect for what you need, go get him. We know what the problem is. There's two problems on this team right now. If we rank Texans' issues defensively, we'll come up twice, number one and number two. That's secondary, that's edge rush, or that's edge rush, and that's secondary. You can kind of throw in a third of interior defensive line presence simply because, hey, not only are we going to miss out on Roby likely, not only is Vernon Hargraves going, not only is the likelihood of Jonathan Joseph retiring this year kind of high, but the likelihood of us returning DJ Reader is also uh, low. I don't think he's going to return. So we have issues across the board defensively that needs to be addressed. The concern is, where do you rank them? Where do you rank them? Do you want to continue to get torched secondary? Do you want your secondary to continue to get torched? Or are you more, you know, very vocal about bringing in talent on the defensive front? Especially now that Anthony Weaver is the D.C. after coaching the defensive line last year. So there's a lot of ways they can play the second round pick. And I mentioned how the likelihood of us losing DJ Reader, that's pretty high. Several teams will be lining up to meet with him very soon. Free agency is in three weeks. Last week I mentioned how the Texans have roughly $41 million to play with. There's also other guys that the Texans should look at with that 57 pick in the second round at the edge versus defensive line position. So we're going to talk about that along with Laramie Tunsil and this deal, which can eat up that $41 million that they have to play with.
Guys, I want you to take the time out while you're listening. If you are stable and not driving, I know I know a lot of you guys may listen to this show while you are in motion. But if you can, just go follow up with you can argue that sports.com, the website Cody and I created to give the fans of Houston in the Southeast region, honestly around the country, a little bit more insight and fun when it comes to covering sports with awesome podcasts uh, from various guys throughout the country. We have the Chiefs. We have the Jets. We also have uh, just a fun play-on podcast with the game plan with Adams Goodwin. Those guys are great and pretty fun. So check out YouCanArgueThatSports.com. Subscribe so you can get the latest news and mail, especially if you like rugby, where I cover the Houston Sabercats, the professional rugby team here in Houston. You're with John, some sports guy, Hickman. You can be anywhere in the world. You can listen anywhere in the world. Your ear can be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me. You like how I did that? Your ear can be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me. I appreciate you taking time and listening to the show. 57 is the draft pick for the Houston Texans that they own in this year's 2020 draft that kicks off in April. And... You know, I just mentioned how the Texans met with Amik Roberson, and I kind of gave him his own segment because I believe he's a stud. I believe he's a stud. Planet and LaTeX did not get a lot of eyes, rated the number 16 cornerback in this year's draft. And I mean, that's really no slight to him considering the cornerbacks that are in this year's draft. This year's draft is loaded. The Texans will be uh, provided... Three seventh-round draft picks, I believe, as compensation picks. And as loaded as this draft is, out of those three, two of those seventh-round draft picks can possibly make the team right away. This draft has so much talent. And there may be a stretch, but this I'm telling you guys, it's a lot of talent. And a lot of this talent will seep through. And, you know, maybe you're supposed to go in the third round, but now you're going in the fourth round. You never know. It really kind of depends on what the needs are of the teams. But we know the Texans have two needs. That's cornerback and the secondary. And that's the entire defensive front. Whether you want to look at an outside linebacker rusher, an official defensive end, or an interior defensive lineman, the defensive front needs help. And at 57, I kind of just did like a gauge a little bit on where some of these guys will land. There were two guys that I was able to kind of scout a little bit. Did my own scouting like I did with uh, Roberson. Bradley and I, the defensive end outside linebacker out of Utah at 6'3", 265 pounds. Let me tell you guys a little bit about him. Why I think he can be a good possible fit for the Texans at 57. I'm going to give you the pros. I want to give you the cons. And maybe you guys can weigh them out yourself. But it's just... You, we have to hit on that first-round pick, and it really depends on not the first round, but the second pick. The second-round pick, our first pick, it really depends on what we really see is a need and if that player can bring it. He has a very good pursuit, very good hands, and has a very good finesse move. He's a two-time All-Pac-12. In 2019, he had 13 sacks, one forced fumble, 41 tackles. And he has games like Arizona State, where he has three sacks, has a very high motor at the combine. And by the way, he is Utah's all-time leader in sacks with 30. 
At the combine, he ran a 4-9-40 time, 25 reps on the bench press, had a 78-18 uh, wingspan. Has a very good motor. I mean, this if the, if the whistle is still going, if it hasn't been blown yet, he's still going to chase the ball carry. I like that. I'm not saying he's a J.J. Watt. not saying he's a Whitney Merciless. But with his finesse moves and his high motor, he kind of reminds me of a guy that can be a situational player that eventually works his way into a down-end starter, or every down, majority down starter. Um, now, his issues is, a lot of times, uh, he can get overpowered at times. Yes, he's 6'3", yes, he's 265 pounds, but if there's a more meteor guy in front of him, uh, like the game against Oregon where he was just completely shut out, completely shut out. At times, he can get overpowered and he can overrun on plays. If he's in a different package where they want him inside, he can get lost on the inside and you know he can play high at times as well. And when playing high, it's easy for you to get turned around uh, and, you know, create a lane for a runner, a running back, or if a quarterback wants to take off and scramble. That is his cons. Playing way too high at times now, if the Texans bring him in, of course, he will be alongside with J.J. Watt. And J.J. Watt has always been a guy that helps out his teammates along the defensive front. But... With 30 sacks, your all-time leader at Utah, 13 sacks this past year, your high motor along with the ability to – I mean, I like his hands. I like his hands. He uses his hands a lot. He has a very good finesse move at this college, collegiate level. He can, I think he can be a good addition. Uh, Kenny Willeeks, the defensive end out of Michigan State, 6'4", 260 pounds, 10 sacks, 10 and a half sacks this last season. Uh, his nose is always around the ball, right? I mean, he can come in from the five technique on the opposite side, and when the play is over, when the whistle is blown, he just seems to show up around the ball. With that being said, uh, he has really good play recognition, very good at determining between a run or a pass, and he also has a high motor. He is, and I hate to say it because I'm switching sports, but if this was basketball, he would be a scrappy guy. You know those guys. He, he would be a Tyler Hansbro type of guy if this was basketball. And you kind of need those guys on a 53-man roster in football. You know, you need those British Scarlets of the world. Ten and a half sacks, he's able to have good moments. He's a kind of a guy that's just north and south player, though. Doesn't have finesse move. Doesn't have really too many moves to get after the quarterback consistently. You see what you see is what you get. He can also uh, get overpowered at times. At the combine, he ran a 4-8-40 time. Also, uh, 32 reps on the bench press. He is not that athletic. At times, he plays really slow. That That's what I mean by he's north and south. Doesn't have too much of finesse. Doesn't have that wow factor at the collegiate level. And in big games, he doesn't have big results does not have big results. So he's actually a guy that I believe can maybe slip down to the fourth round. We have two fourth-round picks, a fifth round, and a seventh round. If he's a guy that's around, he's available at the fourth round, one of those fourth-round picks, because I think even going at the third is a little too high. 
Um, and I know I was talking about second round picks. I think Brit Bradley and I is a guy that we can go with at the second round pick at 57. And I also believe Amik Roberson can be a guy that we can go with at the second round pick. If both of those guys, or if one of those guys slide down to the third round pick that we have 90th overall, I would like to see both of those guys on a roster. Both are playmakers. Both are really good at using their hands, just two different positions. But Kenny is a guy that I can see slipping down to the fourth round, one of those fourth round picks and getting as well. Guys, before we get out of here, I want to mention the Laramie Tunsil contract and what he is going to command this offseason between 19 to $20 million, which is right ahead of Lane Johnson, who makes 18 per year. Why is this deal important? Well, first and foremost, we did trade two consecutive first-round picks to bring this man in last offseason. I mean, I can leave it right there. I can, I can, I can stop why this deal getting done is important right there but he also helped bring sacks down here in houston before he got here the year before year prior 62 sacks were allowed the year he got here with no offseason no offseason with this organization he helped bring that down from 62 to 44 i mentioned those two first rounders that we gave up to get him in the deal but simply put if you're going to make Deshaun Watson your franchise quarterback, Bill O'Brien has spoke about how he wants both of those guys here for a very long time, wants them to be Texans for the rest of their career. The Laramie Tunsil deal is a no-brainer. The question becomes, what deal has to come first? I'm going to paint this picture simply because I think it's needed. We can pick up his fifth-year option. It'll be $10.5 million and don't get the deals done this offseason, right? And then we can risk him going into next year in free agency and losing him after giving up two first-round picks, 2020 and 2021, to acquire him in that deal. And so we also know that next offseason, Deshaun Watson deal, get done. He's not going to take a hometown discount. And I don't believe we can afford him this year along with Laramie Tunsil if we're really going to rebuild around him. So ask yourself this question. Is it more important to get the Watson deal done first to beat the market that can will get reset whenever Patrick Mahomes deal gets done and risk losing Laramie Tunsil? Or do you want to go ahead and lock in Laramie Tunsil and just prepare yourself for the inevitable of the market getting reset and signing Deshaun Washington to maybe a five-year, $180 million contract. $160, $175, $180 million contract. That's the big question. And if if I had to answer that question, I'm getting Tunsil deal done first. I'm waiting to next offseason to get Deshaun Watson deal done. Simply put. There's no way I'm going into next offseason, next free agency, with Laramie Tunsil available to walk. Hey, you guys should have signed me. You didn't sign me. There's a team out there that will give me 19 to $20 million per year, make me the highest paid left tackle offensive lineman, period, in the league. You had your chance. Maybe I like a different destination. If you sign in Texas, there's a lot of pros. State tax, you keep a lot more of your money than... Compared if you go to Cali or 
you know, those different states where the taxes are different. But do you want to risk losing out on Laramie Tunsil this year, next season, in the same season where you want to get the Deshaun Watson deal done? The Texans have to play that smart. I would personally go ahead and sign Tunsil first this offseason and then lock in Deshaun Watson next year. Use the rest of this available cap that you have this year to knock out and improve other areas on this team. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. Thank you for listening on this marvelous Monday. Follow me on Twitter at some sports guy, along with the Locked On Texans page at Locked On Texans. If you guys have any collegiate players coming into this year's draft that you are interested in, that you believe the Texans should take a chance on, tweet us, please. Tweet me personally. Tweet the page. Let us know how you feel. Let me know if you believe who I said, whether it was Robinson, whether it was Bradley or New. Uh, an Iowa. No matter. If you disagree, let me know, please. I, I'm, I'm available for, and I'm here. I'm all ears. Again, follow me on Twitter at some sports guy. Until next time, a word from the wise. If there's something you want to go after, go after it. Until next time, tomorrow. Peace. Stay safe, Easton. Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.